This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company, and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a thousand agents across the country and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents, I trust it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's gotta be a better way. There is real estate agents. I trust.com. You're listening to The Church Boys Freefall Q&A. It's Billy Hollowell here with The Church Boys Podcast, and I have Chris Field on the line. And we also have author, pastor, and speaker, Dr. David Jeremiah on the line. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. It's California. Yeah, how could you not be doing great in California, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, I I, I want to dive in on this because I think this is really obviously we're we're marching towards the election. Um, it's coming quickly. We have two candidates. There's so much debate about both candidates, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. A lot of people saying neither of them. A lot of Christians saying neither of them are good candidates. Some people saying they're going to stay home, that they're not planning on voting. And you recently gave a very powerful. Uh, sermon and address about this very topic. But I want to just start with a key question, and it's a loaded question, but I'm going to throw it out there and let you sort of take the reins. But what do you believe is at stake this election season? Well, you know, I've been through a number of elections, and it seems like every election, everybody says this is the most important one, and if we don't get this one right, you know, such and such is going to happen. I can't look uh, into the future and tell you what will happen, for instance, uh, if Hillary Clinton becomes the president or if Donald Trump becomes the president. Nobody can do that. But looking at all of the information that we have and the the uh, history that we have, it would appear to me that uh, if, if this election uh, is a referendum on uh, the last eight years that we've just experienced, it will be something from which America, apart from uh, an intervention of God, will, will never recover from. We will have, uh, uh, for instance, I just, in this message you referenced earlier as we were talking, I, I, I discovered that uh, our current president has already appointed 30% of the federal and appellate judges. And of course, that's the pool out of which Supreme Court judges are chosen. And if... Um, if Mrs. Clinton becomes the president, for instance, you can be sure that the Supreme Court will will lean as far left as it ever has, and these people serve for 30 years. What that means to the future is way beyond the importance of a, an eight-year uh, tenure in the White House, because the Supreme Court is so much more powerful looking at it from the long term. 
What, you know, when it comes to, and obviously the Supreme Court is a big, a huge issue here because whoever's president could end up, you know, nominating up to five people. I mean, it really just depends on a number of factors, but, you know, we know that there's going to be a big, a big sway and whoever's in there is going to have a, quite a bit of power on that front. Um, you know, why do you think so many people look at the two candidates and, and a lot of Christians and walk away and say, I just can't do this. I can't vote for somebody I perceive as being incompetent. Some will say evil. I mean, there's all different words that people are throwing out there. But why do you think from a Christian worldview, so many are struggling with that decision and saying we might just stay home? Well, let's just examine what happened in the last election when 25 million electoral votes weren't cast by evangelicals. And the reason everybody says they stayed home is because they were Christians and they couldn't bring themselves to vote for a Mormon. So if you look at that picture and then you say, okay, we, we're not voting for a Mormon here, we're voting for a guy who doesn't have any of the um, attributes, for instance, that Mitt Romney had. Mitt Romney was a Mormon, but he acted more like a Christian than either of the two candidates we have on the docket right now. So here's the problem. The problem is that Americans think that they have to find a paragon of uh, Christian virtue in order to be satisfied with their, their candidate. And as I've heard it said more than once, we're not electing the pastor of America, we're electing the president of America. And because of that, we ought to look at each candidate and ask ourselves the question, how can this candidate uh, lead this country in a way that assures us that we have the best possible chance to advance the cause of Christ, which is what our calling is? I remember saying uh, on a video someplace that I finally came to the conclusion that I won't find somebody who's like me. I may not even find somebody who's for me, but I need to find somebody who won't be against me. And when you put that paradigm on this current election, you, you don't end up with many options because you know that uh, the Democratic uh, presumptive nominee is going to vote for everything that's counter to the principles of Christianity upon which I've built my life. How can I do that? So is it a, a choice between uh, candidates where you don't particularly like either one of them? It may be. But as a thinking American Christian, you have to decide which one of these is going to advance the cause that you believe in more than the other, because if you don't vote, you really are casting two votes for the candidate that is going to be the least likely to accomplish that. And you talked very strongly in, in your message about this being a Christian responsibility, an American responsibility, um, and, and there are some people who will say, well, I'm going to vote, but I'm just going to leave President blank. You know, how strongly do you feel that that is, you know, and, and I, I think especially on the American responsibility front, it's very easy to argue, look, people died for this right, they've protected us, they've given us this right, um, but when it comes to a faith perspective, why do you think that is a Christian responsibility? Well, I think I've kind of articulated that argument a little bit. Um, the Bible tells us in Romans 13 that we're to be good citizens, that we're to render under Caesar the things that are his and, and to God the things that are God's. And we can't be, um, we can't do what we, just think of all the things that have happened that have affected our Christian perspective it, in just the last 10 years. When historians evaluate our current president's role in government, 
and his leadership over the last uh, eight years when he's faced, I think any honest person will say he has done more to bring this country to a European model than anyone in history. The things that are the, the linchpins of our culture have little by little been weakened or, or destroyed. I, I read the other day somebody said, we've gone from the sanctity of life to the sanctity of marriage to the sanctity of the restroom. That's what's happened in the last 10 years. And the culture has just, I mean, it's just, it's gone so far down that, as I mentioned in my message, to me, it's more about an issue of my children and grandchildren than it is anything else. So if I don't take seriously my responsibility to make the best choice, it may not be a perfect choice, but it must be the best choice, and then go execute my vote, I am being derelict as a Christian and as an American. Chris, do you have anything yeah, you'd, yeah, uh, so you'd like to ask? I need to... <laughs> Billy was throwing me under the bus with that question. <laughs> you should know that, Doctor. Uh, because I'm one of those I'm one of those people who right now... I, listen, I'm willing to be convinced on Donald Trump, I'm willing, and I think that the Supreme Court issue is the, is the number one issue he should be campaigning on, period. Uh, the, all the other issues important, yes, but I think that's the one that's going to convince someone like me, right? Because I will vote on everything else, but on the president one, I'm like, I guess I'm satisfied leaving it blank. And I have the, I have the, the privilege, I guess, of being able to stand by, by, by my, quote, principles easily because I live in Washington state and it's already determined to be a, a Hillary Clinton state in the Electoral College anyway. That said, how do you... I guess first I would ask, where did the statistic on the 25 million evangelicals not voting in 2012? And, I, and I've heard numbers like that before. I don't know that I've heard the 25 million number. And then do you believe that a majority of them were based on, a majority of them were based on uh, not voting, based on, on Romney's Mormonism, or was there more to it than that? Was it a like he's not truly conservative? I know there, there was a lot of argument about whether or not he's really a conservative. Let me just let me just say this. I thought he ran a terrible campaign. Yeah. That didn't help him any. Yeah. Um, I met him. Um, I like him. Yeah. I, um, he has a house up in New Hampshire on Lake Winnipesaukee, and that's where my wife is from. Hmm. And every time we go up there, we ride our speedboat by his house, and um, and he has a house here in in La Jolla, or at least he did. I don't know if he still does, but he and he he has a family that's good. He's, he's I, I think his wife is a wonderful person. But he just, I mean, he had opportunities that he didn't take advantage of. I didn't think he had a good campaign strategy. But I also think our country was mesmerized in a spirit of apathy. And it may not have made any difference who ran. I don't know if, uh, and of course, you remember all the funny stuff that happened in debates and um, loaded questions that we found out later were all pre-planned, almost like what we watched uh, yesterday on television is the whole... uh, email thing came down through right. the through the FBI. I mean, I don't know why they didn't vote, but I know this, if they don't vote this time, we don't even have a shot. Yeah. We don't have a chance of turning this around. And uh, I was shocked when I did this homework on this message you referenced. Um, you know, you hear about the difference in votes, but when you see the actual numbers, it doesn't make an impression on you. And that uh, President Obama had 65 million votes, and Romney had 60 million votes. That man got 60 million votes, even though 12 million evangelicals who were registered to vote, or 25 million, didn't vote. Hmm. So I mean, that that you see that picture and you just kind of think, oh my goodness. So 
I'm convinced, and I can sense you're still struggling with it, and I understand that. Uh, I'm convinced that, number one, we don't have a chance with Hillary, and number two, we don't know if we have a chance with with, with Trump, but at least we have a chance. We, right. we don't know what we don't know, but that's better than what we know. <laughs> I guess that's the best way I can so, say so, it. So the... the and, um, the concerns that that many people, myself included, and, and Billy has, and other people who are saying, "Listen, I'm willing to pull the lever for Trump." Concerns other people have expressed about Trump as well that don't pertain to the Supreme Court. They have to do with uh, his authoritarianism. His um, uh, not he's not a fascist. I don't believe that. But there are some fascist impulses that he states when he's speaking. There are other things that raise a lot of red flags for me and for people who are willing to vote pull the lever for Trump. Do those not outweigh the the impact that the Supreme Court will have? No, let me tell you what you should do if you're struggling with that. Just look at what he did with his family. Let me tell you something. If a man's going to be a tyrant, he will be a tyrant first with his kids and with his grandkids. There is not one shred of evidence of that ever in his life. His children adore him. His grandchildren adore him. Even the people that you know were in his family that are now in his family, which is another whole issue, they don't have anything bad to say about him. He is not—he is a blustery person out there in front of everybody. And God knows we could all stand a little authoritarian vision for our leader instead of leading from behind and yeah. and letting the world catch up with you and then deciding what to do. Trump won't do that, and he will make mistakes. But he will make mistakes on the way to making a difference. So and that's what I look forward to. So you're you're willing to take him at his word? And again, this isn't I'm not, this isn't a gotcha question. I just want clarification for someone like me who who still needs to be convinced. You're willing to take him at his word when he says that he will appoint good Supreme Court justices, ones and and the list that was put out and and potentially others as well that would be good names. Uh, that that famous list of I don't know ten or fourteen people. Uh, we'll so take him at his word. Yeah, let me we'll, answer we'll, that question yeah. this way. What option do I have? Because I already know what Hillary do. Right, right. All oh, right, right. right. And, and I, 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 I know she's going to appoint the wrong one. Right, and I told him. On the authority of what he said, he's going to appoint the right ones. Will right. he do that? I can't guarantee right. that. Oh, I agree. But I'm going to hedge my bet. i gotta, I got to take a chance on what I think is possible. Yes, and I, and I agree with and I agree with you. If, if it were only the Supreme Court, court consideration, I would say, yeah, I mean, that's— that's a fair thing to say. You've got to go with what he says. We know what she's going to do. We don't know what he's going to do, but it certainly can't be worse than what she would do. I get that one. It's only the Supreme Court question. But when I talk about comparing the Supreme Court question to other questions of authoritarianism, heavy-handedness, and that sort of thing, we are supposed to take him at his word when he says that he would appoint good people to the Supreme Court. But when he talks about wanting to loosen libel laws against against the media in order for him to be able to prosecute people who say things he doesn't like, well, he's just being blustery there. We don't take him at his word on that. That's where well, things. He can't, he that's can't where I'm actually cons- do that's, that though. That's the, but, but he know, would the, push for those kinds of things. I, uh, that we don't take him at his word on that authoritarian leading, but we do take him at his word on the Supreme Court stuff. That's where that's where my confusion and conflict comes in. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got that. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, for whatever it's worth, um, I haven't endorsed Donald Trump. Somebody asked me, well, why would you give a message like you gave? Because I, I gave the message because I believe what I said was true. Sure. I, and somebody said, well, why don't you endorse him? Because when you say you endorse somebody, it, it sounds as if you endorse 
that person in everything that they do that you wrap your arms around him and say, you know, this is a great guy and I believe that he, he's going to, you know, nobody, nobody wants to do that because he's an enigma and nobody knows for sure, but you have to come to the conclusion that the major issues that he has spoken to and the direction he wants to take this country is far better than the direction that we have followed over the, over the last, um, over the last eight years, that he won't wait. For instance, let's just talk about ISIS for a moment. Mm-hmm. I just returned from Israel, and Israel is in a much worse position than America is, surrounded by 37 countries that want to destroy her. But Israel has a better, better handle on terrorism than any nation that I know, and here's the reason why. The word is out. If you mess with Israel, you will pay a price. In our country today, you can kill people in America, you can shoot people in America, and we have people coming out on the news saying that what we need to do is love them more. No, what we need to do is make them realize if they hurt us, they will pay a penalty. Donald Trump will do that. I have no question about it. You may say, well, I don't like the way he goes about it. Well, I like the way he goes about it better than the way the other guy doesn't go about it. And so we have got to get some strength back in our country. And, you know, I I know that what we're saying is being recorded and it's on record, and I may have to look back 10 years from now and say, Jeremiah, that was the stupidest thing you ever did. But at this point in time, at this point in time, I have to make the best judgment I can knowing what I know. And um, that's why I said at the end of my message, my wife and I have determined who we're going to vote for. You need to make up your mind because not to vote is a cowardly way mm. to deal with this problem. You hear that, Chris? Yeah, nice. <laughs> See, nice. Well, I believe that. You're giving Billy a way to hurt my feelings. I he do, just he I likes any anytime he can have a chance to, to bludgeon me, he's extremely happy about I, that. I just think people need to pick their lesser of two. And I, I know everyone it. hates that term, but they need to pick who they think is the lesser of two evils if that's how they look at it. And it could be either one of them, but they need to choose. But the, the last thing I wanted to ask you, and you've been very generous with your time, is just, you know, out of all the issues that are coming down or issues that we could assume will be coming to the Supreme Court, what is the one that, you know, concerns you the most looking forward? I think that we're headed toward the total obliteration of gender identity to such an extent, as I said before, that the issue will be um, wondering what in the world is going on in public. For instance, when you go to an event or you you need to use the restroom and they they de they degenderize them to the point where they're and that's what's happening, and that's to some degree what's happened in Europe. I don't think it'll totally go there, but man. We just keep, you know, the, the whole concept of God made them male and female is just being destroyed. And just, just this last week, I, I found out that now it's perfectly clean and, and okay for uh, transgenders to be in the military. And the, the, I think the courts have allowed that, and they've played the gymnastics with the law to allow that. And I think... If we get a liberal court in the future, that issue is going to go as far left as it can possibly go, and you will not recognize America in 10 years.
Well, listen, this has been great. We really appreciate you coming on and schooling Chris, uh, <laughs> giving us your perspective, though. Hey, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know you guys. I, I already like you just because you're honest, and I haven't meant to insult anyone oh, or, or make it no, it's, okay. it's okay. I just, it's, you know, I am a bit fired up about this because I sense that a lot of people have just given up on it, and they're sitting there, and they don't want to do anything. So, you know, what, what happens when you do anything, when you don't do anything, you know, that's why we are where we are, yeah. in my estimation. So I'm a preacher. I'm not a politician. I don't enjoy all of this. I feel responsible to it, and I'm going to do my best. And when it's all over, I'll be able to look back and say, you know, I I gave it my best shot, believing what I believed, and that I can get on with my life. Well, we appreciate that. And and, and know that I, 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 I certainly don't think you were intending to insult me or anyone else. That's That's for certain. Of course, Billy was going to use it as insults against me, but... Uh, well, but, I know you we, we know you're with money, and I know that's enough of a burden for anyone. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time, and yes. we hope to have you back sometime soon. Thanks, Doctor. All right, thanks a lot. All right. Bye, bye, bye. founder of this company 10 years ago was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent and they were all talking a great game and this guy who is selling his house the founder of this uh, this company he's you know he's kind of an important guy and kind of you know should get the best treatment and he said to his wife if this is what it's like for us how do people who have no clout ever get around this so he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents I trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Real estate agents, I trust.com.